Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. I am your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, I got two of them. God damn. Case in point, Tom Ryman's here. Hey, that's me. Hi, how's it going? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I love true crime. I love shitty true crime. I love what ghouls true crime turns us all into. So I'm excited to be here. It sure does. And that's <laughs> going to come up on this episode. But first, let me introduce the other guest co-host, Heather Maruli's here. Um, Hello. Thank you for having me here in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> We're all recording at Heather's apartment today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom flew out for it. It's great. Mm-hmm. It was important. Uh, it was important. The show means a lot to me. I believe in the mission of the show. <laughs> if uh, you've been listening to my podcasts long enough, you know Tom. You know Heather. Tom is one of the people who runs Gamefully Unemployed, a fantastic podcast network. And Heather is a stand-up comedian who you can see telling jokes all over LA. You still doing comedy? I know. It's, uh, it's yeah, I actually, I actually just did some shows in the UK. Ooh, fancy governor. I, I've not tried to be. Fa- no, it's not a humble brag. I've honestly. been on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been on a plane. Sorry, I, I know you're not supposed to talk about traveling internationally when the economy is bad, but like, <laughs> I did go overseas. Sorry. By boat, everyone. Take uh, she yeah, sorry. So this documentary watching today, this is how I started my day. I watched I, it last night for the second time. Okay. I, so you had seen it before. Adam, you must I have had, seen it yeah. before, right? I've I seen it okay. a couple times also, but in the name of taking notes, I set my alarm for 7 a.m. and got up to watch American Murder, Family Next Door, which is about the Chris Watts case. This is not a feel-good documentary Mm -mm. at all. Those exist. There are true crime documentaries that will give you some good feels at the end. Yeah, this isn't one of them. No. No. And I mean, you can feel good where, like, I mean, he goes to prison at the end. Spoilers. So you can be like, well, I I feel good about that. I'm glad he goes to prison. (laughs) Yeah, I take solace in how shitty of a criminal this guy was. I don't know. Mm, I have my own opinion on the event. On what? On his skills I, I, as a murderer? I, I, no, I just think he should have taken the other route. You mean gotten a divorce? Wife and kids? I agree. No, I meant like killed himself after the. Oh, uh, <laughs> like oh, I've actually, no, I actually was thinking about this earlier about how because most family annihilations, the person does kill themselves. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but but the that the minority of them they don't. But I've noticed like two of the most notorious ones that happened there was another woman that they were trying to be with right so i'm thinking of chris watts and also scott peterson Mm. remember that scott peterson is probably not guilty you should look into that oh my god like he got his death i I, I know i started the documentary where people were like oh it's actually a serial killer and i'm like okay no i don't (sighs) There are like five what? witnesses who, if they are correct in what they say, there is absolutely no way Scott Peterson committed that murder. Okay, but can uh, you admit there? Can you admit there's some like 
there's some factors working against him big time there. Like what? He was having an affair. Oh, so he's obviously a murderer. <laughs> no, but no one has wife, ever had an his, affair and not listen, been a murderer. His wife was pregnant. The number one cause of death of pregnant women in America is homicide. The facts do <laughs> not line up. They do not line up. Okay. Uh, I always Peterson did. Probably didn't do that. I always get him mixed up with Drew Peterson, and he definitely did that. He shit. definitely did it. They found he that killed one. several wives. Fucking barrel. Wait, who's Drew corrupt. Peterson? He was an ex-cop that murdered, I think, two wives. I have to look this up. Like one of them mysteriously drowned, mm-hmm. and then like they reopened it. Like he probably fucking killed her. Okay, right? you know, <laughs> I I I remember this. This was a uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Scott Peterson. <laughs> it was okay. around the same time as Scott Peterson, yeah. which is really inconsiderate of both murderers, I must say. Hmm. I will just yeah. say there's a reason his death sentence got overturned. And we'll talk about it later. For now, we have to talk about Chris Watts, this fucking guy. <laughs> okay. This documentary. <laughs> this, this fucking guy should be like the subhead on every Chiron that's ever like Chris Watts, this fucking guy. Like anytime he's on TV, that should yeah. be his official like superlative when he's on television he very famously murdered his wife mm. shanann watts is that how we're pronouncing watts and their two kids cecilia and bella this happened on august 13th i love how fast this all goes like, like normal three days right yeah which mm-hmm. again speaks to just how shitty of a criminal this guy was there's also an additional additional element, which I think it's like a happy accident that they titled it American Murder, because I think they just type. I think it's just a nothing title. They just came up with something that works. But like every aspect of this crime is on video. Every aspect of the investigation is on video, even like the initial stuff, like the initial meeting of the cops is all on. So it's a very unique documentary in that sense. But I think the, the title American Murder is also very uh, applicable, right? Because like we're in the surveillance state right now. Everybody uses ring cameras and everybody like videotapes everything. So we have like this crime that is entirely from start to finish, except for the crime itself is on video. Every part of the investigation yeah. that was really, really, really makes this a unique one, which might be why I've watched it multiple times anyway. Yeah. It in that way does remind me of what I think is one of the last, like actually good true crime series out there, which is see no evil. Because that's just about cases where the police solved it using surveillance video. And I like that because the police can't lie. So you get to see everything they're saying. And it's like, okay, now I believe you. A cab, but I still believe you. (laughs) So August 13th is when this happens. Mm -hmm. Shanann Watts and her friend Nicole, who they must have bonded over the very weird way both of their names are spelled. They're on a trip to Arizona. And Shanann gets dropped off late at night. And the friend who dropped her off calls her the next morning to check on her because Shanann was kind of distraught over how things were going with her husband. And when Shanann does not answer any of her calls or texts, she immediately calls the police. Which That's a good fucking friend right there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like good Samaritans in this. Well, really two. Well, no, there's there's several, but I like how like, We'll meet a few characters in, in, in throughout the course of these videos where they're just immediately like, oh, there's something fucking wrong here. I better tell the police like his neighbor in a second. You'll get to that. But yeah, yeah. this is how like you hope people react when you go missing. Like, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also like, I don't know, I tend to like go silent via text and social media and stuff. So I feel like it might might take a few days if my I don't know if my wife ever murders me, then I don't know, might take a bit for people to. <laughs> 
become concerned. Although, like when there were no podcasts, I feel we'd like notice this. Uh, when the podcasts start right. coming out, we'd be like, uh oh, yeah. And by then, <laughs> it's too late. So Chris Watts, he shows up while the police are having a look around, and he lets the cops in. He finds that Shanann is gone. So are the kids, but her phone is there and her purse is there. So that's and her wedding rings, right? Yeah. And her wedding. Yeah. Not and a good that, sign, classically, historically rather. Yeah, not usually. And I don't know. I'm kind of viewing this through the lens of having already seen it, but that footage of him showing up to talk to the police. He Oh my god. He seems like a guy who just killed his wife. He does. He well, I mean, he seems nervous too. I yeah. don't know. Like he has he's doing these like kind of like weird like crossing his arms or like I don't know it, like strange movements that don't seem normal. If you obsessively me. watch like interrogation videos like my wife and I do, you'll notice like a bunch of like the nonverbal things mm-hmm. that they that they watch for. Again, none of which are indicative that a person is lying, but when they see right. clusters of them together, they're like, this person's clearly very nervous about something. And he's like showing all of them. He can't stand still. He's doing like you said, the arm crossing thing. I also thought I saw a little like like sweat browsy he was like sweating. He a little moist. I think okay. he was, was like, literally Ugh. sweating. Yeah, his hairline was receding while he was talking to right. he was going balder somehow. Yeah. Like if he had been wearing a smartwatch or something something his his heart rate probably would have been like like that, have you ever like look at your your apple watch and you're like oh my god i'm nervous and then like your heart rate gets higher and you're like oh wait oh i'm more nervous like, right you're trapped in this like his apple watch would have called an ambulance if he was swearing <laughs> right yeah <laughs> they just show up somebody having a heart attack <laughs> he was yeah, very he- very suspicious i don't know it, it's just weird i mean just to even allow them to come into the house like that it's it's kind of a bold move to be like okay yeah come in he really (laughs) i mean they always do this it's Mm. even to the point like later in the video you're like i don't know we'll we'll talk about that later but like they always seem every one of these you watch they seem to like have this weird confidence that i've read that that's common with certain kinds of criminals but yeah you're like why would you like, all he did was pull the sheets off the bed, I think. And he's like, yeah, come on in. It's like, surely I've gotten rid of all the evidence. <laughs> it's like, you did this hours ago, man. Don't let the cops in your house. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing he had going for him is there was no blood. So no. anything else they find, he could just be like, well, yeah, she lives here. Of course, her hair is all over the place. This, though, like, I'm not trying to, like, sympathize with Chris Watts. No, or no, 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 no. Say that not. he should have, like not gone to prison, but this is as much as anything else, a documentary about how if you have killed someone or even if people just think you did just hire a fucking lawyer. Like I, at this point, almost find it more suspicious when someone's like, no, I'm not going to lawyer up. I'm going to lie my way out of this with the police. It's like, just fucking hire a lawyer, pal. I feel like like in 2023, especially it's like, yeah, shouldn't i'd get a lawyer uh but like i in this situation like i think it would have been too see we're now we're like how could he have gotten away with it but like <laughs> like it's figure like figure this out you see what is was he supposed to not let the cops in though like because his wife is missing at this point yeah. but like also like he clearly didn't have like what was his plan like he was he was trying to say know that he knew that I like i did. i feel like he was not really thinking no 
ahead too much. I think he knew he he was going to kill her, but I don't think he was like thinking about the long term. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of this that come with killing somebody. So yeah. it's really ad libbed crime. <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. like his plan was to say that she took the kids and ran off, and she's like incredibly active on social media. She has like a following where she posts about her children specifically, and she talks to her friends all the time. She has a full time job. She was supposed to go to the hospital the next day about her current pregnancy. Yeah, she missed a, a, an appointment. That's how they knew yeah. something was going on. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, was he like how long? It was like a George Costanza lie almost, where he's driving <laughs> Susan's parents out to his non existent house in the Hamptons. It's like, bro, this is gonna fall apart in hours like what <laughs> how long do you think you're gonna ride this yeah i wonder if he actually killed her like in a heat of the moment kind of thing. i'm sure i'm sure because if this was premeditated god what a sloppy plan or uh, yeah heather's shaking her head maybe he's just well, maybe it was premeditated and he's just dumb no i mean no. i i think it was premeditated in a way because he definitely he had plans to be with. Uh, can we talk about the other woman? Yeah, he had a whole other life. <laughs> okay. That's true. He yeah. had he had plans with this other woman, and he was already like. And then immediately after this happens, he's like texting me like, "What are we gonna do?" Like, <laughs> you know, like all casual and stuff. Yeah. So to me, that implies premeditation immediately. Yeah, I wonder if he had been like fantasizing about it, like kicking <laughs> like, it around, and then like that morning he was just like, "Well, I guess today's the day." Okay, yeah. well, okay, the significant thing that stands out to me about what changed during their marriage is the fact that he lost a lot of weight and got in shape. Right, yeah. He lost a lot of weight and got in shape, and then he started having an affair. And that actually is something that happens. Like, people will, like, lose a lot of weight and be like, oh, I feel good about myself. And then, they, and then they're, like, out there, like, fucking. I know. It's one of the first things the cops ask him about, if you notice in the interrogation. So, yeah. you lost a lot of weight lately, Chris. <laughs> like, they well, yeah, zero in like, on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he said, he was like, I used to weigh 245. And now, then he's like 185. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Well, he's in incredible shape. I, I have yeah. to give him that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I think, always think it's suspicious. When it's a, ver- a, a very good shape, child murderer. It's suspicious. Like, <laughs> like, people, like, if you're in really good shape, you're a suspicious person. Yeah, right? Like, is... something is going on with you. Why, why, you know? why do you feel like you need to be able to kill someone with your bare hands? I don't yeah. trust you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're, you're on a meal plan? What's up with yeah. that? Like, why are you doing that? What hole why in your you... heart are those abs filling? <laughs> yeah. Have you tried cake? <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, I just find that <clears throat> suspicious. The so. scene with his neighbor is my favorite moment in this whole documentary. It might be my favorite true crime documentary moment. It's, it's it, 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 Which is a weird fucking thing to say. But, like, it's the most... Like, to me, this is... Like next to something like the Jinx, this is like what you can the the apex of what you can hope for in a true mm. crime documentary. Like a genuine piece of reality, like a genuine piece of the investigation happening right in front of you. And it's yeah, it's the scene with the neighbor. Yeah, because the neighbor has doorbell cam footage that he wants the police to see. He sure does. And boy, did Chris Watts not know about that. Did you see his yeah. reaction when he tells? And yeah. he's standing there watching it like this with his yeah. arms crossed. He's like, so yeah, I was backing my truck up like I always do. And then the minute he leaves, the neighbor's like, he never fucking does that. <laughs> Something's wrong with that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's that just straight up. He like, rules. he tells the cop to like hang back and he's like, he's not acting right. He never yeah. fucking does that with his truck. There's something wrong with this dude. Like he's acting weird. 
And I like the part where after he turns the camera footage off, something showing like a fetus comes on the TV screen. Like there's a TV show. Yeah. He's watching like some, this, I forget what he was watching. I had it written down at one point. Shit. And Chris Watts looks at that and then looks at the cop and goes, Oh yeah. My wife was pregnant too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was, that was so weird. My wife was pregnant. <laughs> Is that what he says? He say, oh he yeah, maybe was? she said is. I don't uh, know if he said was. Boy, I hope but... he said is. She, I mean, no. Well, I think he said is. Yeah, I think he said is. Otherwise, the cop would have been like, "What do you mean was?" <laughs> right. But yeah, either way, that neighbor's like, "This motherfucker killed somebody." Yeah, and it's like you know, we're kind of laughing through it, but like it's it's like a it's like a genuinely like it legitimately gives me like goosebumps when I saw it because it's like chilling, like to have. Because you, you read about that or, or or it's like it's always a thing in like movies or thrillers or something where somebody's like, yeah, he just wasn't acting right. And I guess, you know, lo and behold. But like to see that like actually be a thing where somebody can be off in a way that's imperceptible to us. But somebody who knows them is like, there's something really fucking wrong with the way this guy is acting. And you'd never mm-hmm. det- he just kind of looks a little nervous to us. Um, right. It's just it's really like primally chilling for because it's about a murder. It's about a fucking triple homicide. Right. So, yeah. And. I love the part where shortly after that moment, the police, like someone's interviewing Chris Watts and they're like, did you and Shanann have like an argument that night? And he goes, well, we had an emotional conflict and I'll leave it at that. It's like, yeah, buddy, that's how the police work. They're going to take your, I'll leave it at that and be like, fine, no more questions. He didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, (laughs) then you should have hired a lawyer. Nicole Atkinson. That is Shanann's friend. We meet her. She says that Shanann was fighting with Chris's mom because she gave one of the kids ice cream that had stuff she was allergic to in it. And this apparently turns into a big issue in the household because Shanann does not want her kids around old people who will kill them with pistachio nuts or whatever the fuck (sighs) was happening. Yeah, something like praline, something that's awful that shouldn't even be an ice cream to begin with. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And... Chris like starts getting really distant and weird. He's not calling Shanann when she's out of town, shit like that. And he's like obsessed with working out. Like there's one time she's on the phone with him and he's like, I really need to work out and just starts like lifting weights while he's on the phone. phone. And it's like every clip we see of him that's on YouTube or whatever Facebook videos from her different social media accounts. He's like in most of them, he's exercising. Yeah. Yeah like in the middle of all the kids doing shit. So it's like, it's clear that it's like, yeah, this is, this is all he does. He's in fantastic shape, but he's like kind of single-mindedly obsessed with this. And that's when the cop is like, Hey, you lost a bunch of weight. You fucking someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He denies it at first. And so they with ask all him, the conviction of Porky pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask if he will take a polygraph over it. And he mm-hmm. says, yes. Mm. And at that moment, I was like, you <laughs> dummy. What yeah, even in, in the year of our Lord, 2023, even watching a horrible true crime documentary like this, I still like reflexively blurt out, don't take the polygraph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's such an obvious trap. Yeah. It's that blind confidence. Yeah, I, like, like, honestly, I just don't think he's a very like, he's obviously not an intellectual. No. By all evidence, you know, he is like, quite stupid. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know this guy. Yeah, he, he could disappear his entire family, and people and people would just be like, "I guess she ran away." And like, 
I mean, we'll get to the details later, but even the way he disposed of the bodies, it's like someone's going to look in there someday. Eventually, yeah. Like, <laughs> you will be found out. How? Like, were you just looking to have a good three, four month run with this new girlfriend before you go to prison forever? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I like when the polygraph examiner is like, uh, hey, just for the record, if you did this, it sure would be stupid for you to be here right now. And he's like, <laughs> okay, let's that, uh, carry on. That floors me too. Like the fact that they would stop and like, I guess it's, I guess it's probably to, to make sure it can't get thrown out in court later, but yeah, but they did make, they did make sure, I mean, they, they, you do have to like sign a thing. So they already, they must've already had plenty of consent. So like he even got like a last chance from the polygraph lady being like, well, yeah, no, you know, I this is like dumb as hell like, if you take yeah, this. It would be, it'd be really dumb if you <laughs> actually did something. I feel like, you know, that was also kind of like a technique to oh, prepping like try maybe. to push. No, I feel like it was a technique to like get something out of him before the polygraph even started or something. And like, she was really, good at her job like she was very good at interrogating yeah i can't believe he agreed to do that i, I was nervous yeah. like i was like oh i feel like i'm yeah. sweating and i'm not even hooked up to anything it's i'd crazy. even kill my family right yeah. exactly this I kinda guy wanna, <laughs> i kind of want to take a polygraph just to see if i could like pass it pass it on yeah on like basic questions because it is a thing like that's there are techniques you can use to get around polygraph right yeah yeah, they're not completely reliable although i've read a lot a couple of different sources about just exactly how reliable they are but um yeah there's definitely people who beat polygraphs and so you're not going to believe this everybody listening but chris watts (laughs) failed that polygraph he sure does (laughs) he fucking blew it his strategy when they tell him that he failed is to immediately start sweating yes Uh (laughs) airline recedes more I swear to God, I didn't lie. He he was like, I swear to God, I didn't lie. Yeah, okay. Okay, man. (laughs) All right. Yeah, police are going to believe that. No worries. And eventually police find out about Chris and his secret girlfriend, which apparently they only find out because she came forward. But now that I hear myself say that, like this all unfolds over the course of like three days. Very quickly. Yeah, it's like 48 hours from like... So yeah. they find out about his secret girlfriend because his secret girlfriend learns that his wife is pregnant, which she didn't know, and is now missing. And she goes to the police. She's like, I'm worried something happened to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I at no point thought she was involved in this. Oh, no, no, in no, no. Anyway. No, he obviously was lying. To yeah, he was lying. To both her. of them. Yeah. You know. It was one of those, I believe they. she says it was one of those like, oh, he, you know, he said he was going to leave her and they were on the outs. And blah, well, I think blah, she and... said that he told her they were separated. Yeah. 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 He's just he's fucking lying because he's a lying murderer <laughs> who killed his children. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in this interrogation room. They're like, look, you fucking failed this polygraph test. And they start kind of pushing him toward this idea that, well, hey, did maybe did Shanann do something to the kids and then you did something to her? That's... And it's smart because they're giving him an avenue to confess. Yeah, it's part of the read technique uh, it's oh. from all this, all these goddamn interrogation videos I watch. But it's you offer them the ability to admit guilt to a lesser crime. 
So at mm. least you've got them admitting to the crime. And then so they've admitted to the murder. Now you can let the lawyers worry about it. Now you've got your confession. Right. But they'll string out like a, a lesser crime. But well, maybe she was hurting the children and you killed her. Yeah, that's it. They don't care because you've confessed to the crime. They don't. It doesn't matter why lawyers figure that out. They point out that he hasn't cried once. Oh, yeah. His kids are missing, which yep. I'm generally not a big fan of the demeanor conviction. Yeah. But in this case, yeah, dude, you are showing zero, like not even zero emotion. Like it seems like he's not showing any concern. Oh, no. yeah. Well, yeah, did you, you know the video of him like on the local news being like, oh, I hope they just come home. And he's just like no emotion on his face he's actually kind of like i kind of felt like he was like smirking on i don't know it was weird it was definitely like distracted it had the it had like sideline interview energy (laughs) where you're like asking him what went wrong with the game that day yeah (laughs) right exactly exactly you just killed your family what are you doing next i'm going to disneyland with my new girlfriend (laughs) and so during this interrogation they're like listen you're not going to tell us. We get it. What if we have your dad come in? Will you tell him what happened? And I don't know what Chris Watts thought. Like, did he think the cameras turn off when dad comes in the room? This like, is not an intellectual man. <laughs> this is a thing you see too in interrogations and it works a lot. They'll just leave you in there. Let yeah. You they'll talk. leave you in there with a family member or a friend who you mm-hmm. trust. And they're like, you know, just tell dad what you did. And meanwhile, they're recording everything. Mm-hmm. Like he tells his dad. I mean, he lies to his dad. Right. About what happened. He mm-hmm. at first claims that she like. She killed something. the kids. Yeah. She killed the kids. And then so he had. He said they were fighting. Like he was talking about getting a divorce and they started fighting and she killed them. And like, that's not what happened, dude. Come on. Right. And yeah, he says he told her that he wanted a separation and that she went nuts and killed the kids. So he had to kill her. He also says they had sex first, which God, that's a depraved detail. Like, you know, you're about to murder your wife and it's like, yeah, but we got a bone one last time. It's weird. I mean, it is. It's a depraved detail. It gets like even worse the more I think about it, because it's like I feel like he offered that because he offers that piece of information. They don't ask him. Yeah. Um, So I feel like he says that because he doesn't want them to think that he like raped her. But like Mm -hmm. that means it's what you said. It's like, is that better? Like, I don't it's awful no matter how you like. I mean, it's definitely deceptive, even if it was I don't know, even if she might have initiated it, because like she definitely was like upset about having no sex life or whatever right, like yeah. but it's still he's doing it under this cloak of like deception right for sure like, i don't i don't doubt that that's that's probably what happened like they probably did have sex but like his reason for offering that information mm-hmm. makes it like even i don't know it's like it's weird even weirder yeah. even even worse somehow i don't know yeah and like i definitely don't feel bad for chris watts in this moment in this interrogation scene but i sure feel bad for his dad Oh, man. Yeah. Because like, he he learns a couple of major pieces of information in about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the look on his face when Chris Watts tells him the kids are in that oil tank. Oh, he's like, I felt bad for him. Like that, that was that was rough. I think that's where we learn it, too. Right. Because I remember that yeah. moment being just like, oh, fuck. Because, yeah, he finally admits that Shanann and the kids are 
at the first work site he went to that morning, which mm-hmm. on the one hand, that's a risky gambit, you know, burying your recently slaughtered family at your work site. Yeah. Also, at hey, work. He wasn't late to work. So that wasn't suspicious. He could be like, I got to work on time. Of course I didn't kill him. But and it's what does he do? He works for like the Department of Public Works or something. No, or like he a, worked for an oil company. An oil, that, yeah. Right. And he was like a machine operator, I think, like like operating the rigs or something. So they have this oil tank out in the middle of nowhere. And he drove out there and put the kids in the oil tank and buried Shanann in the desert. Yeah. Did he kill the kids first or just like put them in that? He, killed, well, he says he I, killed them first. Yeah. Yeah. But I think later on, well, I mean, should we even get to this point yet? But I think he killed Shanann first and then killed the children later, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, thought, just, I thought Adam was acti- asking, did he kill the kids before he dumped them in the tank? Oh, he, says, oh. he says he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is if, that and, how he did well, he, like, I mean, drown them in oil? Which No, I don't. God, I hope not. He says uh, he's, sm- I mean, but he, he also says that he, he murders one child in front of the other child. So it's like, right. Man, yeah. God, it's, it's not like, it's another situation. It's like, well, it's not better what he did. Yeah. No, that's like, to me, that's the most horrifying part yeah. of the crime. It's like, God, man. It's, and it's a child that like, like your kids are, they're, they're not so young that they have no idea what's going on. Cause I get, he said that like one of the kids was like, what's wrong with Bella or something. Right. Yeah, and she was like, is what happened to Bella going to happen to me? Oh my God. That is like, yep, that's and- the most horrifying part of it for me. I was like, so disgusted just, by that. Just thinking of how completely and implicitly you trust your parents when you're that age. Yeah, exactly. Like, what a fucking nightmare. Yeah, there's video of one of the kids singing a song called Daddy, My Hero. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so sad. Yeah. I forgot about that. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that is rough. Uh, this fucking guy. And so after we get to the confession in the documentary, they backtrack like a few days before this murder happens. When Shanann went on this trip to Arizona and Chris stays home with the kids. And it seems like during that trip, they were on pretty decent terms. Like the text messages back and forth between them are fine. She leaves him this really loving letter before she goes. But then this motherfucker tells her that he's going to a Rockies game mm. and that he needs to get a babysitter for the night. And she's like, all right, that I guess that makes sense. And then she looks at the bank statement and sees a like $60 meal tab from a local bar. And she's like, what did you eat that cost that much? And he like tries to lie his way out of it, but she realizes that he probably was out with someone else. It seems like he was trying to get caught too, because like he had kept this a secret for however long it was. It, it I don't think it was super long, but it wasn't like super short. But then this weekend he just puts both meals on the credit card that they share. So it was like, he knew she was going to see it. Yeah. And like he knew that she was already paranoid about him cheating on her. Like she was already thinking about it because of his the way he was acting because he was cheating on her. So it's like he it's it really seems like he like kind of blew it up on purpose. I don't know about that. Or maybe he's just I, I maybe he's, he's just fucking dumb. You're no, right. I think he's a, I think he's a dumb guy. I think yeah. he's I think he's stupid. Yeah, I feel sure. like if he, if he did it on purpose, like. You would think the next step then is, all right, well, we should talk about getting a divorce. Getting a divorce, right. 
Right. I mean, any any part of this, they should have talked about getting a divorce, but he didn't because he's a murderer yeah. and a coward. And I mean, a, he's, a coward, he's a fucking yeah. coward. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably like didn't want to lose money, like shit like that. Like all the bullshit that. Oh, like all those like MRI, MRA guys are like, oh, divorce is disfavorable for men always. <laughs> You'll lose all your money in a divorce. And it's yeah, like, it's okay. usually men's fault. <laughs> right yeah well yeah Mm -hmm. how about all of those clips they're mostly audio clips but this was in the news for a long time after it happened and at one point in the documentary they play all these clips of like true crime podcast types being like shanann was a bitch oh my god i drove him to do this and it's like you motherfuckers are why this podcast is called true crime sucks Mm-hmm. I hope you fucking no. Know. People like that are so fucking crazy. I mean, like the victim blaming, the misogyny, the blatant misogyny. I feel like almost every woman who has been murdered by her husband or boyfriend, people are like, "Well, what did she do? What did she do before that?" Yeah. You know, it's sickening that people even like bring that up. Yeah, it's pretty you know? fucked. Oh, the solution is murdering her. Are you like out of your fucking mind? Yeah. In a situation like, like it's never like that is never the fucking answer. Just get right. a goddamn divorce. Get a divorce. You know how many couples argue, and if one of them's a pain in the ass, they get a divorce, or if both mm-hmm. of them are a pain in the ass, or they just can't get along. It's so many people do this every day and don't murder anyone. Yeah, right. Like for them to be like, oh, she drove him to it. Like no, she didn't. You know how many aggressive women are out there who have riled their boyfriend or husband up to no end and did not get murdered lots Mm -hmm. because that is not a fucking excuse. You don't murder your wife. Like this isn't the fifties. You don't get to like throw your wife in an insane asylum. If she argues with you too much. Right. There is hysteria. It's hysteria. Yeah. Like there is no justification for murdering your fucking wife. Yeah. It's nuts. Terrible. So, and they, yeah, they're but, also they're also conveniently ignoring the kids in that. Right. Oh, were the kids a pain in his ass? The kids just riding his ass too much? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, the they were saying he can't go out with the fellas. So he had to smother them and throw them in a fucking oil tank. Oh, my God. Like, let's <sighs> get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And so he eventually pleads guilty to all charges in order to avoid the death penalty, which I've also never understood that. Like in a moment like this, your will to live is so extreme. Like I would welcome the death penalty if I knew the alternative was going to prison forever. He's too much of a coward. Like I, I, I know, I think yeah. he's very arrogant. Yeah, he's very arrogant. You know. Either yeah, way, loved, 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 he had narcissist for sure. Yeah, loved himself too much. Definitely. And like like you pointed out earlier, offing himself when he annihilated his family was clearly never something that entered his mind. Right. He, he yeah. went to work. Yeah, and then he called his girlfriend. I think that same day, oh, or the day after. Like, if I recall correctly, they said like almost as soon as he was done committing these murders, he calls the kids' school to tell them that yeah, they're, they're unenrolled yeah. from school. Oh, they're unenrolled. Yeah, yeah, he right. said yeah, they're wow. being disenrolled from the school. Like what? And he didn't think that was going to raise any flags. I mean, that sounds so fucking crazy. Jesus. And I think he also called a real estate agent to see about, about selling the house. The house, yeah. and then he calls his girlfriend like immediately after committing these murders. Which, dude, 
he may has as well have been like recorded buying a book like how to kill my family <laughs> yeah like like this is a guy who's clearly not watched too many true crime documentaries no he he would have benefited from more yeah he may Again, have... i don't know why i'm trying to like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has the capacity for <laughs> to yeah. acknowledge. Yeah. I, I just I just think he's really dumb. I don't know. Something they, they, they do say. I mean, I believe narcissists are, don't have any self awareness or a severe lack of. No, oh, they definitely don't. Definitely not. Well, I mean, they're arrogant in the way that they think that they're like good at certain things, but they're not. Right. You know, they think they're real smooth about stuff, or they think they're smart and they're not. You know, stuff like that. So yeah, he's off what do we think about the idea i think it's shanann's dad who brings this up he's like listen my daughter was a fighter and chris Mm. watts had Mm. no marks no bruises no scratches right his thinking is that chris watts actually did this while shanann was asleep Mm -hmm. i think so for sure probably i mean definitely it's very suspicious to like if you're like strangling somebody and they're awake like don't you think they would be like scratching you and like going for those eyes man yeah yeah ripping your eyes out it's i definitely think he killed her in her sleep like he's a coward probably almost i mean yeah he obviously like we've been saying he was in pretty good shape so he was obviously stronger than her but like she has two kids in the house like there's no way she like the way he describes it too is bogus like he's like he he basically says that she just kind of laid there and and just accepted that he was murdering her i'm like no she has two little children in the house absolutely not that would not happen she would tear your eyes out of your head (laughs) like yeah there's nothing about at least how she's portrayed in this that makes it seem like that's how she would go everything like her whole social media presence was all i mean granted you can argue what you want about that but it was all about her kids and it's like she has these two little kids in the house and then lo and behold he goes on to murder them so like there's no fucking way she would have just been like i guess he's killing me now and that's just i'm just gonna accept it yeah like the way he described it at the very least is fucking not what happened and so the judge ends up sentencing him to life in prison i think without the possibility of parole Mm mm-hmm says this is the most vicious crime he'd ever presided over. Mm-hmm. And I got to imagine that's true. Like this was harsh. It's pretty. Yeah. He killed two toddlers and dumped them in an oil tank. Like yeah, his toddler, his children. Like for like a new girlfriend. No reason. <laughs> yeah. Like was the new girlfriend going to be that put off by him still having kids? Like, fuck, why'd you have to kill the kids, man? Like, don't kill anyone. Don't kill anyone. I mean, like, in that, like, don't, I'm not going to say there's no one who deserves to be killed in this world, but not, not Shanann Watts and her kids. Like, it's fucking insane. Yeah. And and it's so common. Like, this is such a common thing where dudes are like, well, I'm married. I got a new girlfriend now. I guess my only course of action is to murder my wife. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's always the husband. (laughs) <laughs> it's, I follow I follow a, a, I, a filmmaker yeah. Alexi Alexander online, and she often tweets that when she's watching true crime stuff, she'll just say it's always the husband. So I always have that in my mind anytime I watch one of these things where they try to be like coy about it at first, which they do in this one. They sort of presented like maybe it wasn't Chris at first, but you're like, nah, it's always him because it like always is, always. Yeah, it feels like there's been so many family annihilations where like I mean you never even get to hear from 
the guy because he usually kills himself and usually how they're spurred on is like the wife wants a divorce or she wants to like separate or get away from this guy or there's like financial problems that this person has never brought up but this guy is just like in a league of his own as far as like the cruelty and arrogance of this crime you know you're right it was like totally in i mean i'm trying to find a way to phrase this but you're right like they say like well, they say like the worst, the most dangerous time for somebody to re- leave an abusive, re- for somebody in an abusive relationship is when they leave. Right. That's what, that's what they say. Yeah. Because it's a trigger. It sets them off. But there's no <laughs> trigger here. Like he just fucking does it. Right. Like, yeah. like they, they they had sort of this like their their relationship had been deteriorating for a while. It seemed there were already accusations of cheating. I guess like him getting officially caught was the fi- was the final trigger, I suppose. But like. Yeah, well, like, the problems in their relationship weren't that, like, extreme, you know, no. she was like, oh, we're not having enough sex, you know, that's something that people, like, that comes up a lot sometimes, and then, at, like, she was, like, a bit suspicious that he was having sex with somebody else, but, like, you know, just barely, you know, and, like, one of the hints was the bill from the restaurant was $65, and she you know looked at the menu to see how much things were at the restaurant and just doing some like you know minor investigative work you know but it was nothing like overt that she saw coming you know it was it was like a total like surprise basically like like he very strange it was like he must have been harboring like some sort of resentment for like years you know yeah i do think he had to be like fantasizing about this and just being like oh if only i could Get rid of the old ball and chain. But also at the same time, like, stop getting her pregnant, dude. Like, all of this and she's 15 weeks pregnant and you're, like, planning this new fucking life? Like, he's a, he's a, uh, clearly every decision he made was just totally selfish and just thinking about himself. And and he, he, he doesn't even have the ability to think three days into the future as we see with the murder he pulled, he commits. So, yeah. Yeah. Just not a, not a thought for any other person ever. And yeah, I mean, this is, it's a short documentary. And so I, like, I feel like we've kind of hit <laughs> the end of it. Pretty much. Yeah. That's like, that's it, it was story. a pretty, pretty straightforward kind of thing, which I mean, to some degree, there's a question of like, well, should this documentary even exist? And of course it should, because Shanann Watts and her kids deserve to have what happened to them be told in this way. Mm-hmm. Like you're not really going to learn much new about the case if you already looked into it, but this is, this is a good true crime documentary. It doesn't it, there's, drag the story out to make mm-hmm. it six episodes. It just tells you what happened and leaves it at that. Right. I like the thematic stuff. There's like, it's real subtle and it's not like super heavy handed and it's pretty obvious, but it's like an element that doesn't usually get put into a lot of true crime docs. Cause they're usually pretty straightforward, just information first. And there's not really much filmmaking to it. This is less of the filmmaking, just more like thematically where it's like you have the, the victim Shanann and her children, where he she was just somebody who spent a lot of her time with her kids making these videos to sort of create this community with, with people. And then of course the mm-hmm. end of her life is so thoroughly documented in all these videos that are consumed by the same people. There's a, you know, and then leading back to the, the whole American murder in the title, there's something there that I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Um, seeing, seeing her view and like how she was, you know, 
you know her text messages and stuff like that mm-hmm. I, they don't really do that in a lot of documentaries i thought yeah. that was interesting i liked how they included the video she made it was mostly her that. too like it was yeah. a unique opportunity in that sense too it's not only that we got to see every part of the investigation but we got to see see and hear so much of her where you the victim that's the biggest complaint against true crime right is the victim is always often silenced or not a factor um right. it's always about the murderer so it was nice in this yeah. one that we get so much of shanann and her perspective and what she was thinking and feeling about this relationship yeah and especially in light of all those podcast clips with people being like, oh, she was a bitch and she drove him to this. Like her text messages and her videos and her correspondence with him in the run up to this just make what happened all the more inexplicable. Cause yeah, they were having problems. But again, she also wrote him a love letter before she left mm-hmm. for that trip. She's mm-hmm. texting him the whole time talking about how excited she is that they're having another kid. And how much she loves him and then gets home and he fucking murders her. Yeah, also, she's pregnant. Is that lost on yeah. these people? <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus Christ, come on. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't said the kid's name. Well, you know, the there's a whole there's a whole other angle with like, um, you know, how like people, women will be writing love letters to men in prison who have like slaughtered their families. Like he's one of those guys where like women are like, oh, he's so hot. And like, it's sick. You know, the the term for that is hybristophilia. Have you heard that? It's like being attracted to people who have committed like crimes, like extreme crimes. Uh, I mean, I'm not here to I knew it was a thing. I never heard that phrase before. No, that's what it is. But I've, like, when I I saw some of this, like, weird victim blaming online, and there definitely was a lot of women be like, oh, how could she treat him like that? He's so good looking. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, something is psychologically very wrong with you. (laughs) Like, you have severe problems. Like, I just cannot imagine that mindset at all yeah. Yeah. you're a shark is i mean it's, it's obviously <laughs> a misogyny <laughs> it's obviously like based in misogyny where you yep. know people are always like blame the woman you know it's her fault yeah. i don't know it's sick yeah so i'm glad this documentary sets that record straight because there's there is nothing she did that warranted this like not even sort of here's the thing and even if, even she, if had... she did smother the kids you fucking call the police. Yeah. Like you're a big, strong man. You could stop her. Like, that's another question. No one asked. Well, like, well, what were you doing while she killed the kids? Oh, I just, are people seriously entertaining that defense now? Cause like that yeah, sort of went not. out the window within minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he just admitted to the actual, actually murdering them all for no reason. Cause he's a murderer. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, hopefully this guy like dies in prison, but. You know, I feel like that's a certainty. It's just the questions. Yeah. Details need to get worked out there, but <laughs> he's not getting out of prison. Yeah. So that part's good. <clears throat> and uh, I think that is our episode. Unless do we have any final thoughts on American murder, the family next door? I mean, you know, very depressing documentary. Very depressed. Yeah. Like I watched it last night again, and I was like, "Oh my god, why am I doing this to myself right now?" Um, but worth watching, I guess. You know, it is. I, I feel like it, it it can shed light on you know issues of um like hidden hidden abuse or secrets and yeah, I mis- don't misogyny and stuff like that. I think it's important. Yeah, I definitely don't think reasons. anyone would have seen this coming. 
Like no, no. I mean, yeah, not even her family. Yeah, no. I I think this is great. I think it's one of the better true crime docs I've seen. I I love the way it's presented. Like I said, I really like that. There's no narrator. There's like no. Yeah. There's like like you know part of the problem like the jinx is you know for all the things that the jinx did well it also has the issue of it has like a real obnoxious host that's trying to like make himself part of the story uh, and that happens a lot with true crime docs um, at least the ones I've seen but this one gets around that they don't even have a narrator they just they, it's entirely just the clips so they just let the Pete like Shanann and the investigators and her friends and even the fucking murderer they're the ones telling the story yeah and I think that's great. That's how more of them should be done if possible, when possible, rather. Yeah, it's it's really well done. It's really short. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's a it handles the case very respectfully. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, watch it. If you're looking to bum yourself the fuck out this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling too good today. Yeah. Click. After last week's feel good episode about the documentary Take Care of Maya. Oof. Oh, I started watching that also. <laughs> it today. is horrifying. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not even halfway through, but I'm just like, what's going to happen yeah. here? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched that one, but I watched Dear Zachary for the first time about. 10 oh years my ago. god! Oh hell. my god! I watched that maybe like ten years ago or whenever. It, it was like ten years ago. ago it came yeah. out. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend at the time was like, "Don't ever watch. That. Don't ever watch Dear Zachary." And I'm just like, "Fuck! Like, what is it?" And then I watched. I was like, "Oh no, he was right." <laughs> like, interestingly enough, Dear Zachary comes up on the Take Care of Maya episode because Take Care of Maya is one of the saddest fucking documentaries I've ever seen. That's what made me think. I don't know anything about it. It's just the title made me think of the title of dear zachary so it's like i well, wonder if these cases are similar no what's crazy about take care of maya is the aggressor is the state and child really? protective services they Fuck. essentially kidnap that child to the point that very very bad things happen in that family awesome. it's worth watching also take care of maya so i think that's it thank you both for doing the pod of course this feels like a wildly appropriate time to get some plugs in i got a comedy show november 10th at sardine in san pedro uh tickets will be on sale soon come out for that and uh that's all i got heather what do you got to plug um well follow me on instagram and also x um (laughs) i can't believe i'm x just formerly twitter i know i know i hate it but it's my it's still my favorite platform how am i a crazy person okay so it's at fixed air heather you can see it right there um and i post all of my show dates there i don't know what i'm doing now. i think i have to like do some show in like lake arrowhead or something i don't know what i'm doing I, like somebody has to drive me there because i hate the hills but you know i'll make it <laughs> so <laughs> tom what do you got Hey, um, as Adam mentioned earlier, I'm the co-founder of the podcast network Gamefully Unemployed with David Bell, who's also a, a buddy of uh, the Unpops. Or no, we don't call it that anymore. That's right. Um, you can check <laughs> us out at patreon.com uh, slash Gamefully Unemployed. But we also have a bunch of free shows you can listen to wherever you get podcasts. So check it out. And I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Tom, say goodbye. Goodbye. Heather, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>